Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with vibraphonist and label owner Matt Moran on the 2023 CD Audible Spirits. Originally created as a live theater piece, this album is grounded on the bedrock idea that public performance of jazz with a pre-recorded rhythm section is heresy. It is a performance between the past and the future as musicians push the boundaries for the future and honoring those that came before us that are always present in the room. It's a very unique project. We cover this and a lot more. Enjoy. Good to see you again. I don't have we I think we talked on the phone last time, right? Yeah, I believe we did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm just saying it pejoratively. I <laughs> But it, it I think it was before the pandemic. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was it was in the pandemic. I remember uh staring out the windows of my house while we were talking and watching very few people go by. Wow. Okay. All right. See, again, that's a part of that whole time period that's been a blur. You know? Yeah. yeah. So it was for an organ trio record I put out that came out, of course, ended up coming out, uh, you know, a few months into the pandemic. Okay, that's right. Okay, okay. Yeah, that time period to me is such a blur, but I do remember kind of the whole idea that the, the musicians were just, and like all of us, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know where it was going to go. So, right. so I guess under that context, before we get into the new work, I want to know, now that we're out of it, we're entering post-pandemic world right now. How did you survive it? How does it feel to have material out now? Well, uh, that's an interesting question. How did I survive it? Um, you know, like most people, survived hunkered down with the family and uh, day by day. Um, God, like you're saying, it's a blur. It is a blur. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, um, I kind of used it as a reset period for myself artistically, um, and started practicing more, uh, just, and, and but you, with, without, um, without the kind of, uh, specific goals that a lot of my regular practicing has, you know, get this together, work on that. It was more like, oh, you know, what do I feel like doing today? And I explored a lot of different instruments. I started practicing trumpet and uh, uh, a hammered dulcimer and was making music with my kid a lot and just just sort of opening up to a lot of different stuff, um, which was really nice, actually. It helped me reconnect a little bit to uh, a sort of less pressured way of music making and uh, reconnect sort of with some of the more foundational inner ear connections, um, which I think is kind of a nice thing that happens with parallel learning. You know, when you start learning something that you're not actually is part of your profession. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what I did and how I reset. And, uh, you know, that spirit of making music for the sake of making music uh, is a lot of um, what motivated us to release this Audible Spirits record. Audible Spirits uh is a trio and we started before the pandemic and uh but this is the record that just came out it's with myself on vibraphone sarah elizabeth charles on voice and effects and curtis hasselbring playing trombone uh but very importantly triggering samples of jamie abersold play along records and uh manipulating them electronically so we were like 
you know, it had started as a theater project. The pandemic shut down any of that stuff and shut down our ability to rehearse and develop music. But eventually we were like, look, let's just get back together, document the musical side of this and, uh, and, and release it to the world. And once we did that and took it out of the, this idea of like a live theater work, uh, it became even more uh, rewarding musically for us in terms of that spirit of play a little bit. Uh, and so we we got very excited about it, and we wanted to record it and release it to everyone, and that's what just happened. The interesting thing, I think, what you're saying about the pandemic, as hard as it was, people did have a minute to pause and recalibrate and find some things that they wouldn't typically do if they were running around so is there kind of a offshoot of this project that is like that or that you're feeling in the community with a lot of people that maybe there's a sound that's a little bit different, richer or something that's just changed in kind of the movement of music? Well, you know, we're talking, we can say the community, but there, there are so many different communities and people and right. So if I had to draw one sort of overarching thread through it, uh, I would say that it's uh, greater emotional intensity, you know, as the stakes get revealed, right? We lost so many people in jazz because of COVID. I, you know, I think it's fair to say uh, proportionally more than a lot of other communities did. Um, so I think, and also just being uh, being stuck for a year without, people to share music with without the ability to share music like that uh, in person, I think just really raised the stakes for everyone and helped people realize this is important. I care about it and I want to invest emotionally in it. So now that audible spirits is out, what are you hoping the listener gets from this project? Well, I'm glad you asked. Cause you know, this is a, it's a super unusual project. Um, it, it is in my view and, and, and my hope is that everyone listens to it basically thinking that it's heretical and absolutely uncool. Uh, he, you should, no jazz should be made with play along tracks. Um, you know, you should not have a rhythm section that's not there and not interacting. Right. So what is it that we're doing? Why are we doing this? And I hope it raises that, those questions. We really wanted to make people think about, lineage in jazz, about educational traditions in jazz, about um, appropriation and about uh, creativity and, uh, you know, and just sort of put all these all these issues up in the air in a hall of mirrors and, and see where they land kind of. Um, uh, in a way, it's a very sort of abstract manifesto on all those things. Um, so what what eventually started happening is that uh, we found a way to play improvised music, to play jazz through Curtis's very flexible manipulation of these rhythm sections. And every song is treated differently. Uh, and there's a million different ways that uh, we interact as a trio, as a, as in essence, a sextet when we got three people playing uh, on recordings that, that we're then manipulating. So, um, it's a it's an endlessly entertaining and uh, I don't mean entertaining in the it's sort of an endlessly fascinating process to make music in that way. You know, it's interesting because that notion is kind of the way that 
trends uh, began in jazz, you know, like with bebop, for instance. I mean, there was all these unusual times and signatures and collaboration of instruments together. It's kind of that idea to a certain degree, which is kind of what I was asking about, you know, in music. I had a feeling during the pandemic that things were going to come out that were going to be rather cutting edge. You know, Mm. there was just going to be something brewing. And I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, Was there anything that was going through your mind where it was like, let's just see what we can come up with. Let's see if we can come up with something a little bit different from what I'm used to doing. Yeah. uh, I, you know, my, my version of that is, uh, is this feeling of like, let's, it's as a reset. Let's start from the ground up. What do I really want to say and do? I, I would never have released a standards album before. Uh, and this is a absolute like warhorse jazz standards album, you know, uh, satin doll girl from Ipanema, you know, uh, stolen moments, like standards of standards, Horace Silver's piece. Um, and in, in part from the pan- pandemic, I think the pandemic helped move me towards, uh, the vision of what the final product would be. But it, some of these ideas were starting before too. A lot of my work teaching uh, in prison has helped me reset in the same way, reset my ears and my ideas towards what is fundamentally important and uh, what what do I really want to do and, and how uh, it's helped me reevaluate how I see the role of the jazz tradition in people's lives a little bit. So less looking, um, less looking to to what's a good way to say this um less looking to make a mark on it and more looking to sort of swim in it so by the time we talk the media talks to you about a release you're moving on there's other projects that are out there things that's just how it works so talk to me a little bit about now that we're entering this phase of more live music you're promoting this album and even the next one what's going on with you is we're getting into the warmer months and the year expands out. Well, you know, like you said, thinking about the next one, we've, uh, and the, doing the interviews as a trio, uh, sometimes has been really fun for us to start being pushed into bouncing ideas around about how could we take this strange idea and keep developing it. Right. Um, and that's the beauty of it that we've gotten it to a point in these live performances and, and, you know, celebrating the release of the record that it really does feel like a jazz group, like there's flexibility and creativity there. And so in that same way, we're like, okay, we could, we can play, you know, play with this now in, in all senses of the word. And that allows us uh, to imagine a bunch of different possible futures for the group. So we're gonna, we're gonna keep pushing that forward. Uh, We move slowly in that sense. Um, we're all super busy with other projects, so that'll take a little while, but I'm excited to see what's going to come out of that. Um, and as you say, you know, just moving on, on multiple fronts at all the time. I'm, um, this record was released on Disco Knife, which is a collaborative, uh, record label between myself and saxophonist, multi-instrumentalist, woodwind player, Peter Hess. And uh, he and I just finished sending uh, a new record of uh, a brass band I lead called Slavic Soul Party to a mix engineer. So, uh, you know, we're just 
we both play in that group and he also uh, recorded it. So it's just keeping the, keeping the artistic process of work and release, uh, you know, document, release, share, and then going back inward, figuring out what the next move is. It's just keeping that cycle going. And that's why we started Disco Knife Records to make sure that we had the, the public release, uh, side of that, like, well, well in place, you know, had a good workflow for that in our lives. So Disco Knife is the label. If anyone wants to pick up the album or even learn about live shows, anything going on in your world, where should they go? Disconife.com. D-I-S-K-O-N-I-F-E.com. And uh, let me reach up here. Excuse the uh, poor Zoom etiquette. And oh, you're fine. A bunch <laughs> of... Uh, you know, this is what the Disco Knife catalog, as far as I could grab quickly, looks like. We got a whole bunch of nice titles here. Oh, yeah. Every, every cover is a black and white photo by Ruben Ratting, who is a wonderful photographer in Brooklyn, and also uh, many people who have been paying attention to 90s downtown music will uh, remember him as a bass player in many, many different projects. This is the the latest Audible Spirits record. So yeah, there's all sorts of good stuff at discoknife.com. Okay, cool. Matt, this is great. Great to catch up with you in better times. We're talking about forward momentum here. We know hopefully what's going on. So it's great to catch up with you. Thanks for your time today, man. Thanks uh, Thanks for talking, Joe. It's always nice to talk to you and thanks for staying strong and doing your thing. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Matt for again visiting the show. We caught up with him back in the pandemic and also for his story. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find Neon Jazz interviews on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.